You're listening to a DM podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the podcast with the best banter, greatest gut feels, and most ridiculous narratives on planet Earth. Get ready to dominate the NRL fantasy season with the team from Top King League. Hey guys, welcome to Talking League and our early fantasy previews. And this week we've got the Titans, Manly, Storm, and Knights. I'm your host TK. Joining me, as always, is my main man B. B, how are you, man? Yeah, going good, mate. Uh, recording this one a little bit early, so getting them getting them done nice and quickly. Um, it's good to good to still chat about fantasy and all the the shoulders, couldas, wouldas, and hopefully can be's for sure, man. Given that is, well, we're recording on Saturday the twenty fifth, but last week we recorded our first episode last Sunday, mate. The interest in like that first episode was actually for way more expectation. I think everyone's just gagging for a bit more fantasy, man. Yeah, I think they're just gagging for football, man, to be honest. It's always in that kind of weird space where it's like, oh, there's news coming through after the November 1 uh, trade deadline. So people are already talking about football and secret meetings and um, just, just clamoring for the NRL to get back. For sure. Now, if you this is your first week back. Now, we did do Broncos, Raiders, Sharks, Dogs and Finns last week. Just remember, we are recording some other kind of episodes, not episodes, but other podcasts, Talking Sports with Rich, Jace, Chris and Jakey, so they just go, just have a bit of a chat about the week sports, especially around the cricket and some other American sports. Talking shit, we usually do that every couple of weeks, just that's what exactly what it is, is actually just talking shit. So just tune into that if you want a bit of a giggle as we lead into next year, but another couple of podcasts to come before we wrap it up, and then hopefully the NRL, you know, .com do it for a favour here, Brenton, maybe a bit of a Christmas present, because they came in early last year, wasn't it about Christmas Eve? Uh, I thought it was early January that the game started going live, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure. I think they um, they were giving out prices, so there was some some access to how much players were yep. going to be. So you could, if you wanted to get full nerd and go your own spreadsheets um, and working out salary caps and everything on what can be. So when the teams come come on, then you're going for it. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what FanHub gives us. Let's go, FanHub. Now. Mate, before we get to the teams, plenty of news to discuss here. Now, we'll kick things off. Now, all these, all the different links will be in the show notes, ladies and gentlemen. So, all you've got to do is just click on the ones that interest you. But let's start at the Roosters here, B. Now, Siwa Wong, he's got a new contract. Statili Tupanua, he's resigned for three years. Sanit Smith extended. And then Michael Jennings, he's been cleared to return in the train or trial. We will get to the Roosters in probably next episode. But the interesting one here is, uh, obviously, Siwa Wong finished on the edge. No doubt that Angus Crichton... You know, starting the season late and then also Statili Tupanua getting injured again really helped him kind of get that starting role. But a bit of bit of interest here, especially with Wong, because I was interested in tracking him in the preseason. But, mate, to get a starting spot over both Statili and Angus, it's going to be a tough task, man. I think you'll get it, though, to be honest, mate. Um, I think they're going to see Angus and Satili both as both those kind of um, those bench forwards who can play in the middle. Mm. Um, and I think they're going to look for the future. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing what round one um, and the preseason, obviously, and where they put them because I think he offered so much more uh, than what those other guys are right now. But how old do you think Angus Crichton is? 27, yeah. 28. 
You wouldn't think so. You'd think he'd been around for 15 years, but obviously, you know, he had personal issues off the field, and we don't have to talk about that. But at his best, we know exactly what he does bring. He's a representative player. So I hope, you know, I hope he really does rip in and does get a big-minute role because even him, man, he's, he's very underpriced at the moment. Yeah, I can I can see him being on a bench roll, but I actually don't see him staying at the Roosters with how many people they're re-signing. Mm. Um, they've done, you know, everyone makes the joke about the sombrero, but at the end of the day, they have a salary cap. And the amount of talent that they've got on those deals, I th- I think someone will offer him a bit bigger money, um, especially obviously after the rugby union stuff fell through. Um, I think I think someone like the Dragons or Tigers or someone will probably take a punt on him. Yeah, mate, Santa Smith. Pay him overs. Yeah, Santa Smith's an interesting one because he filled in really well for Sam Walker last year, and then obviously he moved back to the bench, played off the bench, and backed up cheese and really showed his hand there at the number nine jersey as well. Like, I don't think he's going to make the seventeen, given that Connor Watson's going to be back and Connor Watson's re-signed as well. But a handy little player there. I actually thought that maybe Souths might show some interest in him, especially with Ilias kind of not really living up to, you know, all the hype. So an interesting re-signing there. I really liked Sandham Smith, man. Yeah, I, I think it's really good as well. And it shows their hand on um, who they released, obviously releasing uh, Drew Hutchison and uh, Jake Turpin, who who were those kind of backups to Cheese. Um, they've got Connor Watson, obviously, back, who is that almost that perfect utility that you need on the bench. Um, and so I, th- I think he's, he's a great re-signing. Um, mm. and, and Roosters have that knack of... If they want to keep that player, they manage to keep that player. If they don't want him, they get rid of him. For they're, sure. not, they're not afraid to make those calls. For sure, man. Now, moving over to their rivals, now South Sydney. Jack Wyden's first week there at the Souths. And then Tane Milne, he's he's open to switching over to the forwards. He did play lock for Fiji in the recent internationals as well. But let's stick on Jack Wyden because this is an interesting one here, B, because I think there's three positions I think that he can play. He can either play in the centres, he can play in the six, or... They may shift him into the back row and play a similar role to Wade Graham there, maybe on a left edge. But thoughts? Mm, I I see him being the centre, to be honest. Um, I, I think well they got Campbell Graham on one side, and who they have Isaiah Tass. Mm. So Isaiah Tass, whilst he was good for fantasy and on, on that left side with um with Cody Walker and setting up Alex Johnston. I think Jack White just seamlessly goes into there, to be honest. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where in the trials they actually do play him because I also do have a narrative in my head that Ilias, that it's kind of like a wake-up call for him as well because there's no doubt that Cody Walker is one of the, you know, the premier playmakers in the NRL, and I think he could switch quite comfortably to number seven. The only thing that I don't like is if he moves to seven, White moves to six, all of a sudden they don't have a kicking game because I know, you know, we know that Latrell's got a big boot, but we just don't see it regularly enough to actually make a comment on it. No, I, I don't see Walker going to a seven. I see him as that instinctive running five eighth. Um, I just, you know, the same argument. And I go back to the Bulldogs a fair bit, obviously, but when they shift Matt Burton to seven, where it's obvious he's a six, mm. and it's the the same effect isn't there. Um, it takes away his running game. There's the added pressure of having to run aside, not playing your instinctive game. So I don't see Cody Walker being a seven. Is Tass then just on the chopping block a little bit? He might get shopped around because there's no doubt that he's a first grader. Maybe a team like Parramatta could probably do with him. I, th- I think a lot of t- players could go. Uh, sorry, a lot of teams could go with him. He was because um, he, he he club hopped a little bit before he went to Souths, and that's where he made his name. So he, he's got a name there. You know, wh- why not shop yourself um, if you're able to? But you know, I guess preseason will tell us. 
Food for thoughts. Now, mate, moving to the Tigers. Now, another little cheapie that should be on the radar, Sam Fainu. Now, we saw him play on an edge there for Manning last year, filled in probably around two-thirds through the season, but he's moved over to the Tigers. Obviously, he played in the New South Wales 19s team with his brother last year as well, but he's talking about moving into a middle position, so you probably think that he might be able to nab probably maybe a 30-minute roll off the bench here, Pete. Yeah, it depends on how they're going to price him, to be honest. I don't think for fantasy he's going to be relevant, mm. um, especially for the, the Tigers' front row rotation. Um, but again, if they're, if they're making plays and they're trying to get rid of Clemmer, um, like I don't, I don't know if that's in the news notes, but yeah, there was, um, there was talk that they were trying to shop Clemmer, and if that's an immediate switch, then there might be some minutes there for him. But um, as of right now, no interest from me. All right, next one, mate, Jerome Luai. Now, obviously, this isn't for like next year, but probably for the year after. Now, he's, he's been offered, what, $2.4 million over three years, and I think it's more than that. Sorry, I think it's 1.3 no. each year or something, isn't it? No, uh, it's about 1.1 over four years. There you go. Uh, each year, yeah, $4.4 million after third parties. Interesting one, because we've always seen him as kind of, you know, clear he's Robin, right? Batman being Cleary and, you know, he's offside of being Luai. Mate, I'm a huge fan of Luai because I, I think he brings something very unique to the table. Whether he can run a team by himself, that's another thing, and whether he's worth the money. Is it one of those things that is just demand and supply, mate? There is literally just him and did. Well, exactly right, mate. At the end of the day, those clubs that are at the bottom, they have to pay overs to get the talent because they don't have the results to get recruitment over the line. Um, so you end up paying overs, and that's that's where I guess you're going to start going to development. But at, at some stage, you're going to need to get marquee players. And as you said, there's none on there, um, and none that are willing to test the market because they're happy with where they are. So I I actually see Luai going. Well, he's won three Luai. comps, right? He's also yeah. seen his other teammates kick out Crichton, who would be in the exact same scenario, right? They get paid, what, nearly double their salary. You've won comps. Like, what do you got to achieve by staying at Penrith? Like, what's the dream? Yeah, and he's got Coruscant there as well, which he's already got a, a bit of a connection with. So, um, I, I mean, who, who turns down four hundred grand a year pay rise? It's true. Just to, just to go do the same thing, especially you know? in a sport where your career could be over in one one game. Yep. So correct. The um, I think it's the length of contract as well that would be the kicker. Like if it was one point one mil over two years. Um, instead of the 800000 that Penrith are giving him, I think he'd say at Penrith, but he's getting extra money and he's getting extra years, um, which is why, again, going back to the dogs, but that's why Reed left. Reed left Parramatta because we offered him more money and we gave him a longer contract. Yup, absolutely. Now, mate, let's move to your doggies. I know you're excited here, buddy. Uh, first one's first. Matt Burden. Now, he's had a bit of a chat about, you know, seeing himself as a 5'8". Yeah, thanks, Scoop. But the thing is, the fact that he actually has to come out and say this probably says that there might be a bit of a leak at the club because essentially he's easily their 5'8". I can't see anyone replacing him. I wouldn't move him to the centres. No. No, I don't I don't know where it comes from. I don't know if it's if it's mind games that he's getting told to play because he doesn't sell it very well, to be honest. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I told the coach that's where I want to play. Of course, that's where you want to play. Um, he, he's the six. Honestly, you, you lock it in, you move on. There's no way that they're going to have him at 750-odd thousand and Crichton at 825,000 as your centre pairing. Yeah, totally. It's, just, it's not going to happen. Talking about centre pairing, a guy that might make it into your centres is Connor Tracy. Now, the Sharks were reluctant to let him go to the Dragons a year early, but seems that they're open to actually moving him to the Dogs. Now, we, we saw what he, he brought to the table, but I think the biggest thing with Connor Tracy, sometimes he, he just doesn't have a position. Like, where do you think that he will fit? Yeah, I, I think it's in the back line, and I think that was very well shown at the back end of um, 
uh, when they moved Siffa away um, and he was playing that left center role. Um, so I do see him in that back line, but I do not see it happening at the Dogs. Um, I don't know where it's come from and no one else has come in saying it. And on the Bulldogs forum that I'm on, mate, no one is keen for this move. Like we've already got so many utilities. That's what I was going to say. Wh- you why are we getting another outside back? Stack of utilities, a stack of outside backs, which also includes two of your local juniors in Karaz. And I think Black Bullson is the local junior as well. But if he's not, he debuted at your club. But the yeah. thing is, I would be going for those two ahead of Tracy, who is a very good first grader. But I think that you guys need middles, not backs. Yeah, that, that's the worst kept secret in the world that we need middles. Um, I think, well, they experimented with Karaz in the centres last year, and I think he didn't make a good fist of it. So if you're running, a, let's say, a Karaz and Bronson Zeri, let's say Bronson Zeri makes the side straight away, you got Wilson and Fox on the, on the edges, and you got um, Crichton or Taff or whoever you want to play at the back, or move Crichton to the centres and Zeri doesn't make it, or switch it round. There's so many options and so much depth already. I don't see this signing going through. Yep. Um, I see him going to someone completely different if he's getting getting offered. Either that or a jigsaw piece to potentially uh, play a swap for another player who's probably going to come up later for a year. <laughs> I know you're talking about, mate, and you're very excited. You've been posting just all sorts of gibberish in the group <laughs> chat today, mate. Now, Adam Fanua Blake, he's met with Gussie Gould yesterday. The day before, he met with the Tigers. And he's got another meeting with the Dragons to come before he goes back to the Auckland, to sorry, Auckland Warriors. But the thing is here, mate, like he's met with three teams that are, what, the bottom four teams. He's on a million dollars. So an interesting one here. Obviously, he wants to shop around for the biggest money, right? Oh, well, you'd think so. Um, and there was, again, in the, in the forums, people, they, they kind of post very positively on what they think is going to happen because that's what they want. So they were saying for the Dragons, oh, it's Dragons isn't anywhere near Sydney. It's an hour and a half away. Why would he want to move there? So he's not going to the Dragons. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, it's going to be who's got the salary cap room at that particular time to fit him in there. Yeah, and um, I guess and, what and, they and, want in return too, right? Well, exactly right. And at the end of the day, I don't think those three clubs have anyone that they'd kind of get rid of um, straight away that the Warriors would take. Well, I think you know, the Waz don't have leverage in this. So I think they're going to have to get someone that's probably worth like four or 500000 because a, a, a like for like is just not going to happen. I totally agree. And um, I guess for the three clubs that you're thinking about, like the Bulldogs, who would they offer? They might offer like a Ryan Sutton or a Fatala Mariner because they're rumoured to have been told to explore their options. Mm. Maybe they take those guys because they're known names. Maxi King? Uh, I don't think. Oh, maybe. Although I think Max King only just signed a two-year deal. So... That they might, but then they're still leaving us thin in the front row. Um, so I think they'd be getting back, back rowers gone. Um, or you get like the, the likes of a, an outside back, maybe a Josh Addo car because he was obviously in there. Mm. I don't see him going anywhere though. Uh, for the Dragons, there might be like Molo, who you might get rid of. Blake Laurie to a degree. Blake Laurie might be a shot. Yeah, although Blake Laurie came out and basically saying, I'd love to have AFB here with me. So <laughs> who knows about that? And, um, you know, who, who, do the, who do the Tigers offer up? Maybe some young talent. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe Steph. Yeah. Oh God, I'd love Stefano to come over to our, our side. But I think a lot of people yeah. would, mate. I've got a narrative yeah. actually here, B. I've got a because the Sharks are clearing the decks, right? They've got Moylan <laughs> out. They've got. I know. Trying to get Tracy too. out, and then uh, Dalfinucan <laughs> in his last year, his contract, which is next year, he goes to half his contract, so around three hundred k. So they're going to have, especially the the guy. I think they actually probably can do an exchange, and I think the Warriors might take is Braden Hamlin Ueli. Because essentially, yeah. he, he's like a 7 out of 10. Like, I know you inherit, like, a, what do you rate Adam out of 10? Like, eight and a half, nine? Oh, nine and a half, mate, honestly. He's 
behind Payne Haas. Like Payne Haas, I rate a ten, and I hate liking Broncos players. Mm. But he's a ten. He's a ten out of ten front row. He's a generational talent for his position. And Adam Fanua Blake, like yeah, he's Adam. Adam's bigger, mm. but he's also got great footwork. Um, he's got an offload. He's just bends the line. There's just so much that he offers in a position where, like everyone goes out and saying, your Marquis signing should be halfbacks because they change the game. They impact the game. There are certain front rowers who can do that, and Payne Haas is one, Fanua Blake's another, and I think there's daylight for third. Yeah. Maybe Tarpany. Maybe Tarpany. Tarps, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, interesting one to watch this space. But sticking on the Broncos now, Kurt Capel, he's been rumoured about a potential immediate move to the Waz. He's been spotted dining with the Waz coach, man. So very interesting move here, but I'm sensing, and I mean you are very excited about this, Brendan Piacura. Britain Nakora 2.0. I think he's going to be a very popular fancy player if this move comes off. Yeah, at the moment, the, the way that all the signings are working, I think it's just going to be we're going to be spoilt for edges, like mid range edges again. Mm. You know, like we had Ellie Katoa last year, Jermaine Hopgood, um, Trent Liero, all those mid range guys who are always going to be that 10, 10 point um, better than what they're priced at. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, I, I mean, we'll obviously get into Pierre Kura later, but. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be a, a spot on purchase if he's in that kind of four fifty or below. Um, I'll, I'll be taking a punt straight away. Let's talk about him now, mate, because we've already done the Broncos, so kind of backtracking a little bit. But like you said, he's probably going to be priced around that mid four hundreds, and he's going to be running on that left edge. You know, they love that left edge with Mam, and also Walsh. You probably give him an entire preseason on that left edge as well. So he did score relatively well. I'm not sure if you've got it in front of you. I can bring it up. Yeah, uh, yeah I know he scored all right, but he was mainly playing on the right. Um, so I don't think he's going to set the world on fire. Like he's a great young talent, but I do think they prefer that right side with Jordan Ricky, who's obviously re-signed as well. Forty-one um, to be forty-one average in five games. Yeah, so that's what I mean. He's not going to be your uh, Hop Goods or you know Eli Katoa, who when he was on he was scoring fifties, fifty fives. Um, but if he's priced in that mid four hundreds, which is going to be like a twenty eight, twenty nine average, and he's scoring forty, then you got your ten points and. Um, he also gets that first game from uh, playing in Vegas. So, you know, that that's lo- that score's locked in. Yep, and also no buys until round 13. So, very, very good handy player to probably be playing week to week. Now, Matt Moylan, as we kind of mentioned last week, now he's officially moved to the UK. On the horizon, a couple of other relevant stuff. AJ Brimson, I'm not sure if you saw the interview that he did this week. but I saw it. They literally, the poor fella... Like, every second question, are you moving to centre? Are you moving to centre? I just felt sorry for him in the end. And we'll talk about the, the Titans first up. But, mate, it's one of those things. I don't think he's a centre. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I, I think Jaden Campbell is an out-and-out fullback. And I think Brimson's becoming a victim of his versatility here, um, where it's just like we've, we've got to fit four players into three positions. Where can we still keep you on the field? So, you know, if they make it work, like kind of like he, he does mention like a roaming role, like like what a Joey Manu does. Mm. Uh, so I think it could be effective there because he is a he's just a footballer, and I really like him. Um, but I I don't see. I think he'll end up being 5'8 if Kieran Foran goes down. Yeah, I think so too. Now, moving out of the Knights, now both Matt Croker and Dylan Lucas spoke to the press. Now, Dylan Lucas probably a little bit more relevant here. B, we saw back end of last year, he really set the world on fire. Like, a very good defender. And obviously that 
translated in fantasy points as well. I guess the biggest thing for him, because he was a former centre, but he switched in the New South Wales Cup in round two, made his debut off the, I think maybe either off the bench or starting in the back row as well, but he's obviously an out-and-out back row. That's where he wants to play. But Kai Pierce-Paul, and we've got the Knights to have a look out here as well. But I guess Dylan Luke is definitely on our radar, but the potential of him losing that centre tag is probably something that does scare me off. Yep, that's exactly why it's a no-go for me. I don't see him keeping that centre tag, um, and that's where he was valuable. Um, I don't like buying mid-rangers that have no real job security. Um, until we know more about that Kai Pierce-Paul um, foot injury, how long is he going to be out for? Um, yeah, this, uh, and also what Dylan Lucas is going to be priced at. Yeah, absolutely. Now, moving over to the Dragons to finish off. Now, Jack Bird, he was on Bloke in the Bar with Denon, and he was talking that last 10 minutes, if you want to just see the relevant part of it. He's actually talking about moving back to the backs. Now, we had Flano on NRL.com as well, and he's talking about maybe a potential swap role between Lomax and Sloan. So, interesting makeup of how the Dragons line up here, mate. But I guess they've got a stack of backs as well with Sully and probably Lomax as their top centres. And then, obviously... Cole comes comes over with his dad, potential 5'8 there, given that Amon is, you know, he's got his legal issues. And then Benny Hunt as well. But where are we seeing Jackie Bird play, mate? I I don't know. I, I he Just because he has a preference of moving back to the backs, I don't think that means that's what's going to happen. Um, I don't see how they can switch Tyrell Sloan and Zach Lomax into a interchanging fullback role. I know... Yeah. Um, I know that has happened with clubs in the past where they'll um, play like uh, Nick Cottridge when he was at the Dogs. Actually, they used to play him at centre for the first four tackles, and then he'd switch with the winger to go back for the fifth tackle to to bring the ball back because he's got the tackle breaking ability. It just doesn't work. Like you got to give the guy a position. I think so. I um I see Lomax as the centre. I see Sloan as the the fullback, and I see Jack Bird as either back rower or. Bench utility, yes. essentially. In that interview as well. So he played at 99 kilos last year. So he's dropped six kilos already. So he's at 93 at the moment. Now, Flano yes. is the original person who debuted him and debuted him at 5'8", starting debut, I mean. He came off sure, the bench correct. a couple of games before that. But the big one is Ben Hunt, right? Because obviously he's causing a bit of issues with his conduct at the moment and wanting out. Is there a chance that either he leaves and then Kyle becomes the seven or Flano gets really tough and puts Ben Hunt into the nine? Ooh, something I hadn't really thought of, to be honest. Because who are they? Right? They got Jacob Little at nine, don't they? Yeah, they do, and they've got that young guy as well. I think is Rutchison. Is yeah. It, is oh, yeah. Yeah, the name that I can't pronounce, so I can't remember it. Um, yeah, honestly, something I haven't even given too much thought of. TK, um, I, I think if Ben Ben Hunt is a seven, he wants to play at seven. He doesn't have to make as many tackles, so it's probably a bit easier for him on his body. He's getting older. Um, I still see I see Ben Hunt as the seven. Mm. I think the potential could actually be if you're going to put Jack Bird in the side, um, have him at five eighth and put uh, Flano at fourteen because Flano did play um, a bit of interchange hooker for the Dogs as well. He did absolutely. He played very very well. All right, people, just remember that's all in the show notes. So just go to the episode notes and all the different links if you want to get a little bit more of in depth of the different articles we've just talked about now. So just have a look at there. But let's move to the teams now, B. Let's start with the Titans. Now, 2024 games, Keenan Palacia, 
from the Bronx. 2024 losses. Cruz Limming, the UK guy, he goes back to Wigan Warriors. Tremaine Spry, he's just been recently released. And then Joe Vuna, he is unsigned. Interesting draw because they've got buyers in round 2, 13, and then also 17. So they, again, like last year, finished their buyers off first here. But just having a look at kind of their team here, and we've got plenty to talk about. But I think the biggest thing at the moment, just kind of looking at what is fantasy relevant here, already straight, the first thing that's in mind is I'd rather finish with the Titans than start with the Titans. But thoughts? Mm. Yeah, uh, tough one unless you see a glaring uh, cash cow that, again, though, you're not going to miss out on them in the first round because they only have that slight price rise even if they go nuts. Mm. Um, it's that second game that you know that you're going to get that big, big price boost. So um, certain players that I'm looking at for the Titans, definitely, uh, one being Keenan Palacia, uh, depending on where they play him. Um, and the other is obviously going back into that um, article that we just talked about is Jaden Campbell. If, if he's playing at the one and priced at a 30-odd, um, mate, he's one of my first picked, honestly. I think so too, man. Like, we know what relevance he does have. is just him forcing his way into that team. Now, halfback's an interesting one because Tanner Boyd, he was one of our better cashies there at the start of the season. Then he got injured, so they had Weaver come in there. Who He did a pretty good job. I actually had an, another article I read this week was that Weaver's put on about 7 kilos. He was playing last year at like 73 kilos. Oh, so... Jesus. Super lightweight, obviously. He's only like 18 or 19 years old. One of the ones that I think everyone, especially in the drafts, need to just keep in the back pocket. Both Furmore's back. So, yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see because he did his ACL postseason, uh, preseason. Preseason, yeah. yeah. So, obviously, so. classic, he's going to come in at a high price, but definitely in the draft leagues because you won't see him on there because his average is going to yeah. come up at zero, right? So. Correct. It's going it's to be very similar to um, the, the draft trick that I had with John Bateman last year because no one <laughs> saw him down the bottom. So, so, I was getting him in like uh, 13th round, I think it was. Uh, or six, no, it was, it was so far down because no one knew he was there. No one just, everyone just looks at the top who's who's available on on averages. So, um, yeah, one to look out for in draft, and I'm very interested to see how they price him as well because he he had a really good 2022. I think he averaged like 49.50. Yeah. So makes him again we're spoiled for edges, and I think this year's not going to be no different where people are going to run those mid ranges to start with and cash up really high in the mids, maybe hooker and definitely halfback. Yeah, round two buy, mate, compared to Brisbane who don't have a buy till round 13. Because, like, we're always going to be tossing it up, right, whether we go with the, the best edge, which is David Fafita, or go with the best best middle, who is Payne Haas, or you can get probably a couple rugs down, you've got Tino, right? But for me, that round two buy just eliminates both Tino and Fafita. Makes us just, yeah, I'm just going to pretty much set and forget Haas, man. Yeah. Exactly right. Again, he's got the he's got the um the Vegas game as well. He's the proven best in his position, um, especially also with the loss of Flegler. So I think there might be a little bit more demand on him from the start. Mm-hmm. So I um he's going to be pricey. Um, and if you're not going to Cleary and Hines route, um, as in both of them, and you're going to get one of them and the next gun player, I think it has to be Payne Haas. Um, and I think yeah, the, the Titans guys. There's no one there apart from Dave Fafita who's a standout as a set and forget for the whole season. Mate, one of the ones on my watch list for the preseason is Keenan Palacio because I thought he actually was outstanding last year at the Bronx. Now, it depends what they do, right? They could easily move Tino back to the 13 and make him a starter, which would make him interesting because he had a 28 average there over his 41 minutes. So it's one of those things that you probably need to three-date him and just see kind of how he's rolling. But here's an interesting proposition because I think they were short in the mid last year by one player, and I think he does actually add a bit of 
not only experience, but I just do think that he's got a bit of pop in his game as well, man. Yeah, they, they were out Jermaine Joll- Jamin Jolliffe for a little bit there as well. So mm. I think he was, the, he was the middle that was kind of missing for them that they needed for their go forward. Um, also, I don't think Isaac Leo, Leo Dumb did as much as I think he has been touted to do, especially for the pay packet. Yeah, though. they I got the they, money um, right. Yeah. He, yeah, they paid for him from the Roosters. So I think... <sighs> If he's a starter, he's a buy. Yep. If um, and I'd say a buy in round three because you'd want to give him that one date, and then he has the buy after it. Um, but if he's a if he's playing off the bench, even just a few extra minutes, I still don't think he's probably worth it as much. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with Desi here is trying to keep the young juniors happy because I was trying to get their top seventeen, and I could not fit Baby Tino, Jojo Fafita, Keeney, Haas, and Weaver. So that's five very, very good players coming through the ranks that probably won't start round one. But interesting just to see how he manages all their expectations, man. Yeah, I think Cleese Haas was testing his value on the open market um, as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if he actually doesn't stay at the Titans. Goes back with his big brother, right? So, Oh, God. Hope not. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on to the next team because his team is very interesting here, mate. Now, Manly Seagulls, obviously they missed out on the eight again in 2023. But they don't have a buy here until round 13 as well. So we do need to have a good look at this team here, B. Now, gains and losses, 2024, get Luke Brooks from the Tigers. Tommy Talao also from the Tigs. Jackson uh, Paulo from the Roosters. Azitazi James from the West Tigers. And then Corey Waddell also comes back from the Doggies. 2024 losses, Sam Fainu to West Tigers. Kamatulagi to the Eels. Morgan Harper to the Eels. K.O. Weeks to the Raiders. Sean Kepi to the Rabbitohs. And then Morgan Boyle. Timmy's favourite man, he's unsigned here, mate. But just having a look, obviously they go to Vegas in round one, but probably the most interesting guy in that position is left edge, man. Now, chance with Brooksy coming into the team that I think he gets the six, which means that Josh Schuster is now a left edge or maybe middle forward. I guess the other guys that are probably going to push him there for the also the left edge is probably Burbo, and you probably think that Corey Waddell and maybe Ethan Bullum will all be a shot, but what's your thoughts here? Because I think that he's probably the most fantasy-relevant guy here, Schuster. Yeah, I, I see Schuster getting that 12 jersey, um, either him or Burbo. I don't see... I don't see Ethan Bullimore um, getting a shot at that. At the end of the day, when they had injuries down that way anyway, it was Ben Trebojevic who went in there and Ethan Bullimore stayed in the middle on the bench. So I don't think he's an issue um, to take that uh, that jersey. I think Corey Waddell, will, he's only on a one-year deal, so I think he will play that same role that he was playing at the Dogs, uh, interchange, and he can play through the middle. Um, I don't think Josh Schuster can play in the middle as much, and I think he's adding a, a bit of X factor with a bit of a passing game. He's got a kicking game kind of like a Wade Graham did back in the Sharks as well. So I, I do see Schuster getting that role, mm. um, either him or Burbo, but I think Schuster by a nose right now just because of the contract size that he's on. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. But even Burbo, mate, like he's had plenty of starts here, but unfortunately his body, like his brother, just lets him down. Would you need to maybe see a couple of games? Or it was just too good to be true. He's going to be pretty much – his average is 18, so he's going to come in in basement price here, B. Is that Schuster? No, that is Burbo. Burbo, uh, it's it's a bit hard to ignore a um a starting back row if he's named there round one. He's playing in Vegas, so it's, that's done. I, I think he's he's a good, that's a good eighteen to twenty first man as a as a bit of a risk. Um, but so yeah. I, I, I think he's worth he's worth a shout if he gets named there to start. Yeah, Brooksy now, mate, he moves on to the left edge. Now, he averaged 42 last year. For me, I think he's you're going to have to see three dates because I've got no idea what the hell this combination is actually going to throw up. 
No, at the end of the day, the Tigers, he was the man as well. So he had he had the kicking meters. He was the main chief playmaker. Now he's playing second fiddle to DCE. Um, and I think you just have to go back and look at, let's say, I mean, I know they're different players, but look at Kieran Foran's averages when he was at Manly. Mm. You know, it doesn't doesn't leave for good reading. I think you're actually going to be losing cash. Um, he just won't have you kicking. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. Now, mate, Tom Travojevic is an interesting one because he finished the season, you know, we did his uh, shoulder in, in origin now. He finished with a 47 average. Before he got injured, he actually hit 105 and 79. So he was running into a bit of a form here, mate. So he'd probably be around that in that 600K to start with, mate. But first 12 rounds, he does have the opportunity to run into origin. Would you be prepared to maybe take a punt in round one? No. Nah. No, nah, I'm not doing Tommy. Not, um, doing not Tommy? price. No. Nah. If he was, there was the year that he was getting, he got injured, and I think he had like a 37 average, and that's when everyone got him. Um, and I know you were saying he's right, he was running into a little bit of form, but mate, have a look at the games that he had played beforehand, and it's not for great reading, to be yeah. honest. He ne- he needs to be having. I think everyone gets caught up in that Dally M year that he had, where it was just it was Volandis ball. It was just so different, and he just looked like he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but. In fantasy wise, he looked so much better than he actually is for what he can, what he brings. So, yeah. Um, when you're going to look at guys like you know Teddy and Ponga who will be priced just above him, you know, why would you be taking the risk on a guy who can't get through a full season? Be their draw to open the Souths, Roosters, and the Eels before they go to the Dragons. So probably an interesting way where you can just give him the three days, make sure that his health's there. Just see what form he's on the board. You know, he could be lighting up 60s, which still his price doesn't get away from us too much anyway. So I think maybe it's one of those ones you sit back and then just see how it goes in those first three, man. Now, the other guy that we've got to keep on the radar is Kohler. Now, he, he not a great cent, not a great centre average where he did 28 last year, but just having a look at his four games that he's played at fullback over the last two years, he's got a 73 average. And I know that these are junk games because essentially these are happening in the last five games of each season, but he's definitely someone that we want to keep on the radar considering that Garrick's just coming off his broken back and then we've also got, you know, Turbo who's, you know, predominantly injured majority of the time as well. So there's no doubt that at some stage he's probably going to play fullback. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think it, it opened up something different where um, their, their go-to was always put Garrick at fullback, but I think I think Cole offered a, a bit more than Garrick does, um, where Garrick could have stayed on the wing um, and done, done his thing. Um, I'd be interested. I presume he will still keep his dual tag mm. as well because yeah, he so. played most of the games at centres. Um, and if he's got a 28 average, he's we're going to be priced in that high 300s. Uh, so he might be one of your go-tos. Uh, as I said in the first show, uh, center is somewhere that I don't want to spend much money. I, don't, I wouldn't predominantly spend more than probably 400K on a starting center. Yep. Um, and I think Kohler could be one of those guys. Yeah, I think that's valid advice. But, mate, I think the other thing as well, especially, it's going to be interesting to see if Siebes... Like for me, especially with Turbo coming back from so many injuries, I wouldn't mind just him saying to Turbo, come back as a centre for a bit, mate. Well, he's done at Origin, hasn't he? Give him the give him the roaming role. He doesn't have to put as many Ks into his hamstrings. Exactly, man. Um, so that's yeah, not a bad shout. But uh, that means it's just the paying, ego, right? As well, like it's an ego, and you're paying over a million dollars for a centre at the end of the day. Like, I mean, I reckon the Cowboys already feel dirty. They're paying eight hundred grand for a centre in Valentine Holmes. Absolutely. Probably another one to keep on putting more draft is the fact that uh, come t- Tong. The little, the little hooker. Oh, yeah. I think he's probably going to make the 17 again. He's probably going to steal some minutes from Lachlan Croker, who was really good in fantasy last year until the back end when he started getting his minutes dropped. 
But I think it's just maybe a trap for, for young players, especially new players. I think that Lachlan Croker might be missing a few minutes next year. Yeah, agreed. And I don't think the Manly hookers are um, uh, either of them that you wanted to touch. Um, maybe if you get Croker late in the draw uh, for draft, but and Chen Kum Tong, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be touching. Absolutely. Now let's move to the Melbourne Storm. Now they haven't, had, they haven't signed to anyone. Now 2024 losses. Tarek Sims goes to Catlins. Jaden Nickarima to the Catlins. George Jennings is unsigned. Jordan Grant is unsigned, and Tom Eisenhuth's unsigned. But I'm pretty sure he signed with the Penrith. Panthers from something I saw the other uh, day, was it? No, I think he was. It looked like he was going to go to Panthers and he went to the Dragons. I'm pretty Did sure. Did he? Okay, there you go. Now, I t- think. Don't quote me on it. 2024 draw is a bit of a hard one there to start. They've also got a round four bye that probably puts a lot of their players out of whack here, B. But probably the most contentious position is probably fullback here. Now, Ryan Pappenhausen, he's off to the Philadelphia to work with that doctor again this week. But, you know, Meany, he filled in admirably this year. And then we've got Fayal Logo, who we saw debut in the last round. And then we saw Kill for Samoa as well. So there's no doubt that he's someone that we have to be tracking. Oh, God, he was unreal, man. He was one of my favourite players to watch in the whole tournament because, you know, at the end of the day, no one really watches international footy anymore. Um, but I was tuning in for his games. Honestly, he was so exciting. The tackle break, he's hes the mold of a fantasy fullback that you want. Tackle breaks, good run meters, elusive, um, and dangerous in attack where he can get these attacking stats. So um, if he's in a side that has Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes, um, and Harry Grant, he's going to get those opportunities at fullback. I If if Paps isn't there in round one, I reckon they're going to give Falogo a go. Are you are you scared to pick? The only thing I'm scared to do is so the thing is because of the talent they've got with Fail Logo and then also Meany, they've got room to say pups you come back when you want because I no doubt that psychologically I don't think it's going to be physical part that Ryan Pappenhausen is going to struggle with I think it's going to be the mental. mental part of it that he's going to really 100%. struggle with right so just say he comes back he could pick and choose so we could see pups come back anywhere between maybe round three and round six. And then obviously, yeah. you know, Fayalogo is going to be dirt price. And then all of a sudden, we're yeah. probably going to be, where's he go from there? He's probably out of the team. Yeah, I, I'd be interested to see how they price him because he had a good game in that last round. Um, and generally what they've done in, in the past, what I've seen, they, they, they don't give him basement price. They increase it by like 90K. Um, that's what they did with Luke Metcalf for the start of the year um, going into it. Um, Plus a couple other guys, I, I can't remember their names off, well, off the top of my head. How are they going to price Pups? Pups played two games last year. He got a 65 at fullback and a 7 coming off the bench for a 36 average. So how do you price that? Yeah, I think they go they'll, – they'll use some form of formula. I, I see Pups getting priced at like a 40 50. to 45. Yeah, okay. No, he might get priced at 50 because um, he's still got a couple there, but he's also got the historical piece back there. So maybe they take his last few games as well and make a five-game average. I don't know what they'll do, but – I also think Pups is a bit of a risk. Absolutely. Now, mate, Harry Grant's obviously a guy that's been in our team year in, year out, and I think there'll be a time and a place to get him. For me, I think I might just stick clear of him for round one. I just, I, I think they might continue with this whole garlic thing starting and him coming from the bench, because I think it actually did work. And considering they don't have a lot of depth in the position, it is a good way to preserve him for the year. Yeah, I don't know if they'll do it at the start of the year. I feel like they were doing it a bit at the end just to protect his minutes because he'd played a season, like a fairly yep. busy season plus origin. And then it's like, okay, now it's your time for rest because we're going, getting you to go into the finals. So I do see Harry Grant actually as the starting nine um, and Garlic coming off the bench to also alleviate uh, for the lock position. Yeah, um, He was good Josh too. King. He was good. I like Garlic. Yeah. He rips in, man. 
is good. But I, I again, I think there is a time and a place for them. Um, if you're stacking up your middles or your halves, um, I think that hooker is a position that you can pretty much get still a good result from from the mid ranges, like your Reed Marnies or your Jaden Braley's, even potentially. Yeah. Um, where you're still going to get a relatively decent score. Um, and then wait till someone drops to get Harry Grant, but he'll yeah, be in your side. He'll be in your side at the end of the year for sure. Now, one of the guys, Jack Howarth. Now he's been on the radar for like eighteen <laughs> years. He's on. He's on half a million. He's played one game of first grade. Now, again, he's going to come in at basement basement price. It's one of those things that when you have a look at the Storm, they they did really well with Eli Katoa on the right. I thought Trent Liero was good, but he doesn't have the same pop as Katoa. Now, I do think they need a left edge that probably does have a little bit better running game, especially because Trent Liero can actually play quite well in the middle as well. So he could easily go back to the bench and play quite a nice little role off the middle because I did think they struggled in the middle, especially off the bench. Now, do we see them elevate Jack Howarth and try something new? I don't think so. I think Trent Liero, he kind of shores up that position a little bit more defensively rather than just offering more pop and attack, which we know the Storm can do. But Craig Bellamy relies more on defense. So... I foresee them. I foresee Jack Howarth actually getting a spot in the seventeen this year, um, but I think it's going to be like the Tarek Sims role, where he plays maybe thirty minutes each game, just to ease him into first grade, get him used to week to week, and then maybe twenty twenty fives where we see the best of Jack Howarth. Yeah, hopefully we finally see him. All right, let's move to our last team that we're going to cover this today, and that's the Newcastle Knights. Now the Knights. Start with a relatively, I wouldn't say soft draw, but it's a, it's a pretty nice draw. They have a buy-in round 12 just before Origin as well. So maybe a time to, for me, I'm probably in my thoughts, probably play Caelan Ponga there from round one. Before we get to the players, let's have a look at the gains and losses here, B. Now, gains for 2024, Kai Pierce-Paul, highly touted from the Wigan Warriors, Will Price from the Huddersfield Giants, Jack Cogger comes over from Penrith, Jed Cartwright from Souths and Tom Jenkins, another good signing there from Penrith. 2024 losses. Dom Young probably hurt there. He's going to the Roosters. Lachlan Fitzgibbon to Warrington. Simi Sasagi, he's going to the Raiders. Lachlan Miller, he, he went mid-year to the Leeds Rhinos. Faymanu Brown, he went to Hull FC. Oren Keeley to the Dolphins. Kurt Mann to the Doggies. And then we've got three unsigned players in Jack Johns, Heimel Hunt and Dane Akuf. For Lau. So, an interesting gains and losses here. Probably the biggest contentious is the right wing position here, B, because Dom Young obviously had a stormer of the year. Signed a good young player there in uh, in Tom Jenkins there from Penrith. But it'll be interesting to see what they do here because Dan Gagai can also play on the wing there as well. They've got a young player in the system called Map- Mappa Palangi. I know that last year Paddy was very, very high on him. But what's your, what's your first thoughts on how they're going to replace Dom Young? Yeah, um, this has been talked about a little bit by us in the in the group chat as well on what they do. And Tom Jenkins seems like the logical one because it's the brand new signing, uh, and he can play wing and he can play a bit of that centre as well. Um, that Mapa Palangi, uh, he is quite good. I think he can play in the halves as well, off memory. I think yeah, he, he was can. a centre. I think yep. he was a centre half off memory. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he was highly touted as well. Um, and then it's just a matter of what they do with Gagai. Um, I was actually surprised they un- they didn't re-sign Himmel Hunt, or he's hasn't even found a club. Because I always, I always rate him when he was back at the Storm. Good backup, good backup winger, that's for sure. Yeah, that's it. So, um, yeah, I, I know we'll get into it. I also don't think this is the most contentious position for the Knights. I actually think it's that back row um, position, but. Uh, which we'll get into. But yeah, I I see Tom Jenkins as getting that spot, and then whether they play him at centre. Um, or wing, uh, it just will then 
Gagai will take the ladder. Yeah, Tommy Jenkins is an interesting one. He averaged 36, obviously playing in a very, very good Penrith team. So, But Knights are also a very good attacking team as well. So you should still see some, you know, you would probably want to be on the right wing. Like he scored, what, five tries in his six games here. So a bit of a try scorer. So could be if he can get his work rate up and 120 metres he averaged per game there last year as well. So it could be a nice like for like. The, the only issue I see is that I feel like that would be on the right and mm. everyone knows Kalen Ponga's favourite side is the left. Yeah. So are you going to get starved of the ball? They've got Bradman Best out there. Um, and was Tuala playing left wing? No. No, Marzu. he played usually – yeah, Marzu plays no, Marzu. left wing. So, so that, that, was the, that was their go-to side. So I feel like – and Dane Gagai is not really that much of a passer. So You say that, but, but Dom Young averaged 40 last year, scoring a try yeah. a game. Yeah, but that's him scoring a try a game. You know, is is Tom Jenkins the same finisher as Dom Young? I probably not. Yeah, you probably yeah. It's hard. I don't think so. Yeah, but still some opportunities there. Probably let's let's move to another. You know, you brought up that back row. Now Pierce Paul comes very highly touted from the Wigan Warriors. Now he's injured at the moment, and they don't expect him to see the start of the season, which probably puts Lucas, who we spoke about earlier in the show, Dylan Lucas, local junior who moved over from the centres into the edge, probably into a good position to actually start on that left side. So an interesting one. We did give a bit of a warning around losing that centre tag, though, though, B. Yeah, I think I, th- I think he's going to be one that, if he keeps the centre tag somehow, um, then might be w- w- worth it. But... Um, Again, we're going to be spoilt for edges again this year. Um, I think there's going to be better options. Um, and, yeah, and, until we know more about the Pierce-Paul injury as well. Like, is he out for two rounds? Is he out for five rounds? Is he out for the first half of the year? Mm. You know, there, there's a lot of questions that uh, – there's more questions than answers. Yeah, well, one thing I didn't get to pick your brain on last week was uh, Smoothies and his price. Now, we've got two Englishmen coming into the game now as well. Uh, Smithies. Smithies. Smithies, sorry. And what do you reckon that these two guys are going to get priced at? Like a mid-400s or something? Well, you have a look at the John Bateman, and that's where I think it's going to be. So when John Bateman first came over, he was priced at about six hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, never, never played a game, and he was centre edge. Um, he then went away, and then when he came back, he was priced in the low eight hundreds. So are they taking averages from the Super League into account? I'm I'm not really sure. Um, they did the same. This is going back way back then. But when uh, James Graham came in, when Sam Burgess came in, they were not given basement price. Yep. And S- Smithies, with the numbers that he puts up, I do not see him being cheap. Yeah, I think so too. It's been interesting to see where they actually price these guys. Pierce Paul's going to be an interesting one. He could also play in the centres. He's played a lot of centres for the Wigan Warriors as well. So he's an option for them because he's a big man, but I think he's like six foot five or something. Yeah, he's not He's not playing centre. He's 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 there for as a back rower, I think. Um yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see it happening. One of the guys I think might be a trap for this year, it's Jaden Braley. I think that he's going to share a role with Crossland, who was outstanding. Once he learnt how to play hooker, like, it was a very defensive start for Phoenix Crossland. But once he got settled in that position, I actually thought he went very, very well back end of the year. Yeah, well, he offers a little bit more, obviously, in his time in the halves. So he's got a bit of a kicking game. Uh, he's got a really good passing game as well if he decides to run the ball, whereas Jane Braley might not have that as much. Mm. Um, I think, well, Crossland's not going to be the starter, I don't think, um, unless Jane Braley, because Jane Braley's going over with um, to see Bill Knowles as well, isn't he? Yeah, but he's, he's back running. He's 100%. So Is he? Okay, yeah, yeah, go. absolutely. So then I definitely see Braley as being the nine. He was... He was he's there, he's yeah. there, he was their captain, right, before captain. Ponga. So. Correct. Yeah, although, going back to the Bulldogs, Fatala Mariner was our captain. <laughs> um, but, no, I, I do see Braley as being the nine. Crossland is that perfect bench utility for them. 
uh, who can play halves, who can play hooker, and probably could play lock if he needed to. Um, so, but I think both of them are traps. Yeah, I think so too. I think stay clear because I think they're going to be sharing plenty of minutes here. Now, another last, probably last question just to pick your brain on that. On Jackson Hastings, you know, he's not had the best couple of years with his body. Obviously, he brought a lot of a lot of tools to the, the Knights last year, leading him around the park. Great combination back end of the year with Tyson Gamble as well. But they get Jack Cogger. So where does all of these three fit? Who would you go for? Well, at the end of the day, they were winning with Gamble and Hastings and Cogger mm. was signed. Uh, so... Is Cogger made to look better in a Penrith system than he actually is? Let's, yeah. let's remember that he, he didn't really make a crack into first grade um, and didn't even do that well, I don't think, in England, did he? But they just he came back and then was a backup half and then just did his job. And arguably, Penrith don't win that grand final without Jack Cogger. Pretty so, much. What I don't like, um, I think him and Hastings are very like for like. Very yeah. like, kind of very good technicians, but kind of those slower style sort of halfbacks. Yeah, and I think yeah, I, I think Tyson Gamble offered so much more than people realise, not just from like a footballing perspective, but just an attitude perspective, um, like getting under the skin of the opposition exactly, and exactly. competitiveness, yeah. leading from the front, leading with your actions. So I think I think you need to have him at the six, personally. Yeah, um, I do And I, I, I think Hastings, as Hastings was a marquee signing for them only last year, so he's still got a little bit on his contract. And um, maybe Cogger just sits his 18th man off. <laughs> You know, I, I don't really know. Does, does Tyson Gamble his, go back yeah. to HSM? No, I think you're spot on. I don't think you can run Cogger and, and Hastings together. It's too like for no. like. And I, I like what you said. Like, I think it's very similar to how Jerome Luai is too. Like, it's not just what you do with the ball and defense. It's just those little things. Like, he's a great team guy. Like you said, he gets under the team, the opposition team's skin. Like, there's so much they bring to the mm. to the game away from just having the ball in their hands. Yeah, I like it, and I this this is going to pain me so much, TK, to say, but I liken it to Draymond Green in the yeah. in the NBA because God, after that grubbery that he put on Rudy Gobert in the Timberwolves game, how bad was game, that? Yeah. Oh, mate, honestly, grade A grubbery, and I hated it so much. What did he get? Five but games. He got five games for it. He should have got but, fifteen. Oh, there, there were so many arguments. Should it be two games? Should it be 10? Should it be 15? Whatever. They landed on five. But all the past players came out and basically were saying, you know, is the action worth it? No. But if I'm in that Golden State locker room, that is the teammate that I want at the end of the day. The one who does not give a hell crap about anyone apart from who is on their team. And they don't care about yeah, perception pre- or anything like that. He is backing his guys up. He is competitive and he's doing what it takes to protect his mates. He's protecting so, player, right? He's best yeah, shooter I'm, or second best shooter behind Steph. But. Uh, yeah, protecting is a loose term for what he did. <laughs> Grubbery. Um, yeah, oh God, yeah. I, you have no idea how much I hated it. But at the end of the day, all these past players were saying that. And then we're not in the locker rooms. Like we just talk from the outside in. But those guys, you know, Clay's coming out, Steve Kerr's coming out, the back in Draymond Green as they have to. And probably with good right as an athlete, you want to know that your teammates have got your back. So I think Tyson Gamble fits that mold to a T. Um, he did it at the Broncos. He was doing it at the Knights. So I think I think they need to run him at the six just purely for that. For sure. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that comes through. That comes to the end of our four teams. Looks like next week, I think we'll be covering the Waz. Looks like maybe the Cowboys. Maybe the Eels are there as well. So be on the lookout there. We're going to pop them out every Monday morning. So be on the lookout for that one. As I said, Talking Sport and Talking Shit, some other content that you will find on the channel. All the NRL news we covered at the start of the podcast will also 
be in the episode notes if you want to go into a bit more depth with what the journos or the different videos are there as well. If you're liking the content, please leave us a review on Spotify or Apple. really helps us to continue to grow. But Brenton, always good to catch up, man, and hear your thoughts, man. I think we're going to get a pretty good round one. I'm actually excited, man, about these round one teams. Yeah, it's it's like a bit of fire in the belly, isn't it? You know, it was a long fantasy season last year, especially running out of trades pretty early for a lot of coaches. So, um, you know, they haven't had the haven't had the trigger happy button ready to ready to make their trades and pick their team. So, I think you're, we're going to be getting a lot of interest um, moving forward. For sure, now, yeah, mate, you're the eighth best, you know, fantasy coach in the universe, mate. So, thank you for giving us your thoughts, mate, as always, and looking forward to hearing your thoughts for next week's episode as well. There, be. Yeah, too easy, mate. Thanks for having me again. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. Like I said, next week's looks like the Waz might be up. So plenty of, I know we've got plenty of New Zealand audience, so be on the lookout for that. But everyone have a great week, and we'll catch you on the next show shortly. See you, guys.